You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Phalanxes of Atlans by F. V. W. Mason. Chapter 6. There was music and high revelry in the fortress of Sairum that night, and Victor Nelson, embarrassed and flushed with the extravagant adoration of all Atlans, sat by the Emperor Altorius's side, waiting, watching for the appearance of a humbled Jarmuthian delegation. "'Never since the world began has there been such a hero in Atlans,' cried Altorius, his face more Roman than ever. "'Prithee tarry amongst us, hero Nelson. Thou shalt be as my brother.' A marble palace shalt thou have, and twenty wives, each fair as those damsels which thou hast by thy might rescued from the profane altar of the fiend Beelzebub. Thanks, laughed Nelson, and drained a goblet of tawny wine. I'd be delighted to stay, but the point is—he broke off short, for there came a sudden tramp of feet at the door of the great hall, and there, just visible above the green crests of the royal guards, he recognized that pale drawn face which had haunted him ever since he had returned to find the abandoned aeroplane. "'Dick!' he shouted. "'Dick Alden!' "'Nelson!' With that same irresistible form which had won a certain November classic for Harvard, Richard Alden bucked and plunged through a double rank of startled guards and came running across the marble floor, his eyes lit with an unspeakable gladness. "'Nelson! Nelson!' he panted. "'What in hell are you doing up there?' Oh, replied the aviator with a joyous grin, just visiting with my friend the Emperor. Alden halted, on his handsome features a curious mixture of surprise and delight. The Emperor? he stammered. You sitting beside an Emperor? Would it not seem so? inquired Altorius with a low laugh. It would, chuckled Alden. Victor Nelson, as I remember, always was a good politician. And— thought Nelson, I'll have to be a damn sight better one to get us out of Atlans without injuring Altorius's feelings. I don't suppose he'll ever be able to realize that all the desirable things in the world don't lie in this valley. Throngs of brilliantly armored and plumed officers and courtiers, some of them nursing wounds and bandaged heads, came up to hail the mighty wanderer who had subdued the might of Jarmuth. Flushed and pleased, as is any normal man under well-earned praise, Nelson shook one wiry fist after another, while Alden chatted with the Emperor. Nobles, officers, and courtiers all pressed close to fawn upon the new hero, but, far back in the council chamber, a group of dark-robed priests were crowded together. Haranguing the priests was a fierce, white-bearded old man who seemed to be arguing violently. Hmm, thought the American. That's at least one outfit that doesn't like the way I part my hair. Wonder what devilment the priests are cooking up. He was not long in finding out, for the black-robed archpriest suddenly left his group of underlings to boldly make his way forward, while princes, courtiers, and warriors drew respectfully aside and bent their heads. Hail, all-conquering emperor! The stern old man halted squarely before Altorius's gem-encrusted throne while Alden checked some remark to look curiously down upon the hawk-featured archpriest. Altorius flushed, and the lines about his mouth tightened, from which Nelson guessed that there was more than a little bad blood between the spiritual and temporal heads of the empire. "'What wouldst thou, O Heracles?' "'I would know why the all-powerful wanderer, of whom thou makest so much, did not rescue Princess Altara.' The Emperor stiffened. 
"'Her rescue, being impossible of accomplishment, was not nominated in the agreement,' he said coldly. "'The wanderer has in full carried out his share, and so shall we. Honoured and beloved of Atlans, these great warriors shall abide among us in peace.' Here Nelson thought it wise to dispel any illusions Altorius might entertain about their staying in Atlans. "'No, O Splendor, remember our agreement was that, should I conquer the Jarmuthian champions, Alden and I were to be allowed to go free.' "'Nay, O Splendor,' fiercely broke in the archpriest, "'permit them not to go. I tell thee the Princess Altera must be restored to Atlans, else, else evil days shall fall upon this empire.' and the line of Hudson will wither and fade. Up sprang Altorius in a towering rage. Sirrah! Dost dare make threats to thy liege lord? Fire flashed from the young emperor's bright blue eyes, and under their fierce glare the old man quailed and stepped back with eyes lowered. The stranger shall go, though all the black-robed kites in the realms say me nay. The word of a Hudsonian prince is as sure as the fire of Pelion. Get thee gone, rash priest. A long moment the two strangely contrasting figures glared at each other, the young splendid emperor and the malevolent withered old man. The gods demand their daughter, cried Heracles in parting, and woe to him who says them nay. With this parting shot the archpriest turned and, scarlet-faced, stalked from the council-room while Altorius threw back his head and roared with laughter. "'Come, O ye heroes, ye princes and captains, come, let us make festival before these mighty wanderers go their way!' Roar upon roar of enthusiasm echoed through the marble throne-room, and Nelson would have felt wholly at ease had not that little knot of priests remained gathered like ill-omened carrion-crows about the door. Muttering among themselves, they were watching him with a curious intentness that aroused deep misgivings in the American's mind, and it was with something like a sigh that he joined the procession forming to proceed to the triumphal feast on which the wealth and luxury of the whole empire of Atlans had been lavished. End of chapter 6 Story to be continued in the next issue